This is West Beach from the Plasmatics. When I'm not out fighting the status quo, I listen to the devil's music with Pleasant Gaming on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast presents from Hollywood, California, the devil's music with Pleasant Gaming. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaming as she brings you the devil's music. Hey there, this is Pleasant Gaming, and you're listening to the devil's music. A Pantheon podcast. A little bit about me. I'm a punk rock witch from Hollywood, California. I've had a lifelong passion for rock and roll and the occult that started when I was a preteen. In the 70s, I was one of the first punks in LA. And as a teenager, I worked at the Whiskey A Go Go, started producing shows, and made a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy which led me to write for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s and the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've toured around the globe to teach and perform dance. You might have also seen me acting or dancing in music videos, feature films, and documentaries. Look for me in the new Go-Go's documentary. To find out more about me or to book a tarot reading, go to my website, pleasantgaming.com. I'm really excited to be part of the Pantheon Podcasts network of rock and roll shows. Everyone here at Pantheon tells stories about the music we just adore so much, each and every one with a different twist. Find them all wherever you listen to podcasts at Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pandora, anywhere you get your favorite podcast fix. And head on over to PantheonPodcast.com to share a show with a friend. Or be damned to purgatory forever. This is Pleasant Gaming, and you're listening to my podcast, The Devil's Music. Today, I've got an amazing guest. She's a psychic medium, a tarot reader. She runs a divination school. She talks to the dead, and she's got an amazing book out on Llewellyn called Talking to Spirits, a Modern Medium's Practical Advice for Spirit Communication. She's also a really good friend of mine. Please welcome the incredible Sterling Moon. Hi, Pleasant. Hi, baby. How you doing? I'm so happy to be here with you. This is just such an honor. 
we're gonna have fun. We it'll it'll be really fun. I've got so many questions for you, and I'm gonna I try to anticipate some questions that um that you know people that are listening might want to ask. So um I know that you've been seeing spirits and probably communicating with them since you were a child, as I have, but not quite on your level. Um and, and you went sort of professional in 2016, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so tell, tell us how a nice, adorable mother with blonde hair and a charming <laughs> smile <laughs> gets into talking to the dead. Oh my God. I always like to joke that I look like a, I look like a librarian, but man, there's a lot hiding behind the, <laughs> the glasses and the, and the, the facade. So yeah, you know, I think, um, it's kind of, you know, it gets complicated. So, I mean, some of it is that much like yourself, you know, when you're teeny tiny and you've had these gifts, like they tend to show up, you see, you know, I've, so I've been yes, seeing and hearing things since I was really little, you know, I also, I grew up in a pretty violent home. And um, I've, I've talked about this quite a bit, like my, you know, my dad was um, an alcoholic and there was a lot of domestic violence in my home. And so like one of the ways that I had to kind of like hone mediumship came in tandem with like psychic and intuitive skills. And a lot of that was just like a way to keep safe, you know, this just is, kind of exactly, exactly me. I just got to say, and and I think a lot of psychics do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, kind of growing up being super, super sensitive, like much like, um, I think a lot of, a lot of folks, sometimes we find ways to like numb, numb things out. You know, there's a, you, I always, I, I don't share this with everyone, but I'm always like, I can, I can be open and honest with pleasant, like you name any substance, any, like anything. I probably tried it, you know, at least once or maybe a baker's dozen or more times. And so that was also, I think, a way of just like kind of the world was really loud from like a really, really early age for me. And so I think for until I was, gosh, in my like late 20s, a lot of like my gifts, I just wanted to, I wanted it to just go away. And I started, granted, I started reading tarot when I was 15. Uh, Somebody gifted me a deck and it was one of my friend's sisters. And I really did enjoy that. But it also, I, I kind of felt like it was like playing with fire for a little bit because I knew that the more that I opened up, the more that I'd have to figure out what to do with it. And I was just like, I, I don't have time for that. I was able to kind of channel a lot of my energy into what turned into a 20 year career of supporting victims and survivors of crime. You know, I got to like work in the domestic violence program in my hometown, which was really healing and awesome. And then at about the 10 year mark of that career, I decided I want to start like reading tarot cards professionally. I had a friend that opened a business and um, it was like a perfect place for me to start teaching and reading. And, and that was really, really fun. I mean, it was, I was kind of doing it more casually and just for fun. And then the, how does a cute little mom start talking to the dead? It wasn't until I had my, I got pregnant with my son at 30, I got pregnant at five, 35, had him at 36. And it's like, for whatever reason, having him just cracked everything open. And so I have this fussy little newborn who I'm grateful for, but who just never, he still doesn't like to sleep. He's a little Aries and he just, sleep has never been something that he's ever really needed much of. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, kind of dealing with like sleep deprivation, having this like, you know, little baby and, and learning how to, how to be a parent all of a sudden. And then suddenly realizing there's shit moving in my house and I'm starting to like, pick up on like starting to see like shadow people. And I'm starting to realize that like, I'm sense it was just 
it was a wild, wild time. And I finally realized I needed to start figuring out what to do with it. Around 2016 was when I was like, okay, like that's, that was when my son was born. That was when I started kind of putting all the pieces together. And then I started getting really into studying magic around 2018. Um, And then, I mean, it's just continued from there to the point that I don't do the victim advocacy stuff anymore. I'm a full-time medium, full-time witch, full-time tarot reader. And life has definitely taken some interesting turns. (laughs) Definitely. You didn't have postpartum depression. You had postpartum mediumship. (laughs) Postpartum spiritual awakening. Like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. But it's it's not like uncommon, though. There's a lot of people I know who've either experienced pregnancy loss or like had, you know, carried babies to term and then suddenly realized they're like sensitive in all these ways that they didn't. You know, it, it's kind of like follows the parallel of people who have like death experiences or near death experiences. Oh, who yeah. also come out and Suddenly they're psychic. I'm like birth and death. Apparently it just like opens portals for us. I've had, I've had some um, crazy experiences like at large events. I mean, this is this is just maybe kind of goes along with um, with what you did with domestic violence and your um, mediumship and spiritual practice. Like I, I'd be at big events with like other tarot readers or a palm reader or, you know, someone scrying and stuff. And at the end of that night, we'd all compare notes about, um, you know, what, what, what was going on. And people were like, Oh, this, this girl's going to get a part in a movie. And you know, that this person, like his finances are improving and stuff. And people would be like, how are your clients pleasant? And I'd be like, well, um, one came whose brother had been murdered last week, and then the next girl had stillborn twins. And that, I, I mean, like all the trauma people came to me at a party, you know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of shit must happen to you a lot, right? Yeah, I can't really like work parties anymore. I mean, I think like most. No, but I mean, I mean, I mean, you can, you can sense like where people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm not like, I'm not, I guess one of the things that I like about, you know, just all of the experiences that I've had is I'm not scared. I feel like I get a lot of people who do, will come for like those joyous reasons of like, I want a reading for, you know, because I'm getting married or because I'm, you know, moving to this new place I'm really excited about. And I love those. And though I also get an equal number of people who are in the thick of it and, and I'm not scared of that. Like life is, I've got that Scorpio, I've got a Scorpio rising and I always like to feel like that's my, um, I've got this hardcore Leo stellium, sun and Leo, moon and Leo included. And then the Scorpio rising where I'm like, let's get really intense, really fast. (laughs) I've got Neptune and Scorpio. So I hear you. You know, you know, but yeah. And I do feel like sometimes, um, but I will say like those parties and like big events and stuff. Sometimes I'm like, damn, like I, I am also the person who, it's like we're like, we're gonna you're you're gonna have a 15 minute reading. Let's get really intense, like yes. <laughs> intense in this like 15 minute span. So well, okay. So um, so what what was when you really started um trying to do focused mediumship? Like how how did you either prepare for that or or what was the first few experiences like or both? you know yeah so when with clients I'd had a few experience you know I definitely did some just farting around for lack of a better term on my own 
And then the first time though, that I had the first two times I had the opportunity to do focused mediumship for other people was I was a house reader at a wonderful metaphysical shop in the Denver area called Ritual Craft. I, that's where I rent my, I rent a private office there now, but I had a tarot client that came to see me for the first time. And she said, I know that I got, I have a tarot reading with you, but I have a really good friend who was a medium who passed away not that long ago. And I'm wondering if you might be able to talk with her. And I just had this feeling of, I think I can do that. And this particular client has gone on to become like one of my best students. Like just, she's, she's just been with me since the the beginning and it went really well. Her, I mean, it helped that her friend was a medium. And so she was very like kind and very easy, I think, to connect with. And then about two months later, I had another client who came in also for a tarot reading, but then she said, we've got this situation going on with our family with like a lost heirloom. And I really, really need to speak with my mother and my grandmother. Maybe it was just her grandmother, but then mom came crashing in too. We had the whole damn family in there at one point. And um, with these 10, another, yeah, this client has also been with me since then. And just having that experience gave me the confidence to realize maybe I can do this more often. And so I started just practicing with different grounding techniques because the first few times, I mean, I felt like for those, for the the listeners who, who practice tarot or magic, or mediumship themselves. And I'm sure you can resonate with this too, Pleasant. Like the first few times you go really, like you level up with doing something new. It's almost like your channels get blown out. Yeah. Um, or I don't know if you've experienced, or it's like you just feel, to- yeah, just, it's like an out of body experience practically. Had to learn how to not have that happen every time. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, practicing folk magic with, I had a mentor named Johannes or Johannes Bjorn Gardbach, who he's a, an author and a, you know, world-renowned expert in um, something called trolldom. It's kind of like Scandinavian folk magic. And he's really the one who taught me a lot about communicating with spirits of the dead and in a way that was just like very non-fussy and practical. And I will be internally grateful for the things that I learned from him. That's amazing. Um, let's take a little break and then we will come back and um, talk a little bit more with Sterling Moon. We're going to listen to I'm Always Touched by Your Presence, Dear, by Blondie. Just by chance, could this be his neck? Something in my consciousness told me you'd appear. Now I'm always touched by your presence here. Hi, here we are back. Um, so I'm going to tell you about a crazy experience I had in a reading. Um, a, a little while ago, it was it was a regular tarot reading with someone that I'd never read before, and um, a lot of times when well all the time when I do tarot, I use a bunch of different decks because I'll get a lot of like repeating cards, and that way I know it wasn't a sloppy shuffle, especially if they start showing up like three times or four times in a row, which happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so my client was like. She said, do you think you can tell me if my sister is okay? And um, she, she's crossed over. And, 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 and I was like, let me see if I can get in touch with her. And I saw this vision in my head. 
I didn't talk to her, but I said, this is what your sister showed me. And I had to like back away from the computer. We were on a Zoom call and I, I lifted my arms up slowly over my head and um, put the, the hands together sort of over my head and then let them drop. And I, and I, and this was all really slow. And then I curtsied and um, the client burst into tears because she said um, she was a ballet dancer. <laughs> Oh, I know. That's it. Then I started crying. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but oh. I had a lot of like, crazy crying moments like that. Where, yeah, that's so cool. There was, I, you know, and that is always really interesting. So when I'm with clients, I ground and we kind of cast a little circle of protection, which I do that with mediumship, with tarot. And it is always amazing the number of times there's like, you can kind of see the family that's like hovering on the outskirts. Yeah. And I had one not long ago that was, um, it was, there was a father that had passed away. And again, it was somebody, he had really good boundaries. He wasn't like, sometimes there's like family or loved ones that I'm sure you've experienced too, where they kind of want to crash the party. They're like, Oh, there's like a door open. Like I want to come in and like make this all about me. And it's like, no, actually this is their time for something else. But I just remember getting this image of this man and I said, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but he's he's wearing these little angel wings, like the costume angel wings. And it turned out that she had this really funny picture of him, like her dad, like wearing these costume angel wings. And like she sent it to me later. And again, it was and she was a little skeptical, too. Like, And so it's just so funny sometimes when you have these moments of spirits that they will give you these like weird moments of confirmation, because like you know, and that must've felt kind of weird for you getting up and doing this like ballet dance and cursey, but you're do you're showing exactly what you were shown. And then it meant something. Yeah. I mean, that didn't feel weird for me because I'm a dancer, but I was yeah. in my head, I was thinking my client's going to think I'm a little bad shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. With my, my students, that's one of the things that they'll always like ask is, well, what if I get something weird? And I'm just like, babies, it's always weird. Yeah. It's always looking weird. Like you'll get, I mean, you're trying to talk to the, you're, you're talking to dead people or fairies or, you know, dragons or whatever the hell you're into. And yeah, if they show you a picture of a football field, like you got to share, I'm, I don't know why. And you don't have to like, it's, it's hard to, um, not get yourself like wrapped up in being right or like wanting to look, I don't know, cool or whatever, <laughs> or like look again. Some, yeah. Sometimes you just have to like do the curtsy or say, I see costume angel wings or I see something just totally random. And then it means something for the person on the other end. And it's beautiful. Yeah. That's always amazing. And I mean, like you're almost as loud as me, but not really. No, I mean, I'll, I'll be like laying down cards and either see something or the cards will repeat and I'll start like yelling and screaming or something or saying, wow, that's so weird. But a lot of times I'll be around other people that are friends of mine and something bizarre will happen. Like, um, like one time, um, I felt a spirit pass through my kitchen and I was with a friend of mine and it was around Halloween and Salentine, but we had just been to a drugstore and bought two huge shacks of, of candy corn, like giant, like no one would ever eat that much except we, the sugar <laughs> addicts. Right. Um, and so, so the spirit came right back um, across again and I could tell cause it was cold and it smelled like tobacco pipe smoke. 
And so then um, we were trying to talk to the spirit and saying, like, what's your name? Who are you? Or, you know, and then it, it just went blank. So I said, okay, we know you're here. So just, just give us a sign that you're actually hearing this. And one of the candy corn bags lifted off the microwave where it was about a foot in the air and then slammed down to the floor. And I was like, okay, I thought you were there, just making sure. Like, Wow, that's wild. I can't say that I'm not sure that I've ever seen anything levitate. That was that's really cool. Yeah, my house is super haunted. It's like it's like way over a hundred years old. And um it's a lot of it's like Grand Central Station, you know. I mean, like one time I had to scream at uh I had to scream at at um someone or a few people that were in the hall because I saw my cats like tracing like back and forth like like they were looking at like a squirrel on a tree limb or like at a cat toy that you were waving. They were all doing it. And there was this big giant um like wooden coat hanger like the type that no one buys but only steals from hotel rooms. <laughs> you know those those uh-huh. like, and it, it was hanging on this door frame and there was nothing on it. And then I said, is anybody here? And the hanger got up and broke in half and both both halves of it threw down at me. And I just, I got up and I screamed. I was like, okay, we know you're here. The cats know you're here. You probably lived here way longer than I have. I'm glad that you're here. I hope you don't think I'm intruding in your house. You're absolutely welcome to stay here. I'll try to be very respectful of you. But then I screamed, don't fucking scare my cats. <laughs> don't scare my cats and don't break my shit like that feels like those are pretty like decent roommate rules don't scare the animals don't bother me while I sleep don't break my shit like that is those are pretty decent boundaries I feel like to have in a haunted home so let's let's um talk about how you how you prepare for when you're doing um mediumship sessions or how you teach your students to prepare for that yeah so I've gotten a little I can get kind of um I've had to recognize with myself that I can get a little stuck in a rut sometimes and so one of my like because I'm always I mean I think one of the things that is good to always do with this work is to keep learning and evolving and not get too like you know, never get too big for your britches, like just keep, you know, grow out of those britches and, you know, start growing into a new size. Right. So for me, one of the things that I realized, um, and that I definitely learned from my mentor, Johannes was that, um, like the very first step is discernment and that is needing to be really conscious of everything around me. And so just taking stock of like, what's the temperature of the room I'm in? Like, what is the quality of light and air? What are the smells and tastes that I'm experiencing? How does my body feel? How do my emotions and thoughts feel? Because I feel like when we are really conscious of where we're at, we're going to be better prepared or positioned to notice when something subtle changes, right? Like those, like, so for me, if you're ever like in seance with me or anything like that, um, temperature changes are like the things that kind of like spike around me. Like, it sounds like for you, you've got like physical manifestations, like things will move, things will break. Obviously you've had like the electrical stuff that will happen. Um, other people will kind of like smells will change around them. Like we all kind of have our ways that we influence the environment when we tap into something bigger. And so after that, like kind of just getting your baseline for me, I think it's important to ground. 
And I will do that a couple of different ways. And it also just depends on in the moment. Like sometimes I'll need to do it really seriously where I'm like envisioning cords of energy into the ground up above. If I feel like I need to ground to the four directions, um, I work with archangels a lot. And um, so I'll call to the the four, the big four archangels, um, Michael, Raphael, Uriel, and um, Gabriel, and who they correspond with uh, the, the four elements as well. And so sometimes I'll ask them to kind of hold the line. And then just if I'm working with, if I'm doing it on my own, I'll envision myself surrounded by a, a circle of light. It's like an energy field where only that which is for my highest good is welcome. Um, if I'm working with someone else, we'll create kind of a force field around us. I'll take that person through the same grounding process. We'll create this energy bubble around us. I often like to also call backup. Um, I'm a big believer that we all have guides. And we also have our highest selves that exist like outside our soul that is able to exist somewhere out there while our meat suits are kind of working through our messy day-to-day life. And so sometimes I'll call to my guides and my highest self to kind of have my back, um, help to kind of keep, you know, because you never know. Sometimes when we open ourselves up to these things, there's going to be stuff that we don't want to talk to, even if it's not nefarious, it might just be that like that family member that we really don't want to mess with right now because we want to have a conversation with somebody else over here or whatever. And so sometimes for me, calling to guides and highest selves are the ones that could kind of like run interference for the things that we don't necessarily want to mess with. Yeah, and they then, the bouncer. <laughs> they're the bouncers. That's the perfect way of describing it. And then there's things that I like to have in my space. Like I always like to have candles, both, you know, the folklore of them lighting the spirit's way and also offering energy. I love to have water, both for like refreshments for the spirits, but also as a conduit. Um, there's a lot of folklore around water sometimes being like a battery or a conduit for spirits. I'm also, I like to offer snacks. I'll give, you know, have a little, have a little shot of bourbon or some coffee or some fruit and chocolate or things like that. And then, you know, I'll have my different tools and things, but that that's kind of like the if I have all of my bells and whistles around me, you don't need to have all the you don't need to have all the extra physical things, but they're nice to have. Yeah, they're they're I mean they could always come in come in handy. Um Yeah. So do do you um when when you're doing medium chef, like are you just uh like do you do you go into any kind of trance state or do you just start like channeling or do you see the entities I, I want I and like anyone that's listening wants to know because I think everybody's like kind of different probably. Yeah. You know, it is I I have pretty strong I typically have pretty strong clairvoyance. Um, sometimes though, I'll read for people, I'll, I'll be doing sessions for people and the things that I see does not match what those people look like in life. I definitely will sometimes have spirits, like particularly if I'm like trying to communicate with spirits of people who they would not have approved of mediumship. Like I, um, I've had experience trying to like reach out to, you know, kind of like this big, maybe like, you know, family members, big, like Lutheran Midwestern family and yeah. <laughs> be able to get the vibe. But then when I try to look at like what they look like, the images, the images that I get, like, it's almost like they're fucking with me of like, no, you're not going to get to see me for who I really am. Because like I don't it's blurred, like, like, like those true confessions things <laughs> that they used to put on old tabloids and stuff. <laughs> 
you know, it's either that or it's almost like those, like when you see the um, the dramatizations, like yes. really bad dramatizations, like in Unsolved Mysteries or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> um, so I will often, I do kind of drop into a trance. So for folks who are listening, you can't see me do this, but I will often have my eyes closed with like one of my hands to my my forehead. And I just... The keeping my eyes closed does kind of help because one of the things that we as mediums, we are often accused of is cold reading, which is like, you know, where we're just like reading other people's body cues. We're just kind of like, you know, picking up for those little things where we can kind of fake it. And that is a real, you do kind of have to check yourself because we are intuitive people. Like if I see you nodding, I'm going to kind of lean into that. And that's also natural and normal and part of just being like empathetic and emotionally intelligent. but. I do find sometimes just having my eyes closed and not having any other stimulation except for what's coming through my like more psychic senses that can kind of help. Um, I will sometimes get smells and I get a lot of feelings in the body, like physical feelings, like aches and pains or um, emotions. So sometimes I'll get, I'll have to tell people, you know, I, I'm starting to get really emotional. Like if I start crying, it's not me having poor boundaries. Like, it's just that this is like, I feel like this is this huge wave of emotion coming through, but it doesn't feel like it's my emotion. I mean, sometimes we cry because we're sharing a really beautiful moment with somebody, but, um, but sometimes they feel like they're not my feelings. Sometimes anger, anger or love or humor. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the ways that it tends to come through. I don't only in rare circumstances, Will I let myself fall into kind of the back seat where I'll let a spirit kind of really talk through me in more of that trance mediumship state? I know some people who can't control that they're, they are like the way that, like they'll just drop into like a full trance and sometimes have to have people pull them out. They don't remember what happened. I'm grateful that that's not my experience. Wow, that's Um, wild. It's wild. I have a couple of, I've had some students who that's what, that is what they do. And I'm like, I always refer them to the Arthur Finley school in England. I want to take classes there. I guess it's like the Hogwarts for, for psychics. And, uh, but yeah, they have a lot of classes for trans mediums. Cause that's just not my experience. And I, whew, that's the, yeah, I, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. That that's pretty wild. So, um, like, do you have you ever used Ouija boards? Or I saw that you had divination um, rods, you know, divining rods with you. I, I use those a lot in paranormal investigations. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like using like the regular, uh, the the not lo-fi equipment too. You know, like. Um, EMF meters or like an ovalis or stuff, but I love using divining rods. Although with my electrical disturbance, um, I'm gonna just tell the audience like if I if I my emotions get out of hand, I start exploding things and frying shit. But I've learned <laughs> that's that's the layman's way of saying it. Like um, I have what's called um, EPK or electropsychokinesis, and it's something that hasn't been studied that often or that thoroughly because most of the people that have it can't recreate the highs or lows of emotional states um, that cause this thing. But, you know, some people call it SLI, like streetlight interference. I can walk under a street lamps and make them turn off, but I can also like look at one's 
down the line and go, let's turn that one off and that one off and that one off. Anyway, so sorry that I went on a tangent there, but um, no, I love it when you talk about that stuff, but yeah, you can't, you don't want to be busting out your like super spendy equipment too often. If there's a chance that you're going to just like fry that. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fry it, but I'll tell you what happened the first time I used dowsing rods Um, for anyone that doesn't know, these are like, you know, a dowsing rod could be a stick, but Sterling and I both have um, copper ones. Yours are copper, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's the typical ones. And, and you know, it, it can like um, open wide for yes or cross for no, or it can point out things in a room. But when I first was working with mine because of my electrical stuff, I was holding them and I felt my hands get hot and I didn't think it was due to my EPK. And then, so this is at 2.30 in the morning alone, me like on my first journey with them after sleeping with them under my pillow for a while. And then I, I dropped them like a hot potato and my fingerprints are still burned into the rods. Wow. <laughs> and, then, and then in my head, I, like after after I like ran my hands underwater, I was like, oh yeah, duh, copper's a conductor. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You need some of those that have like the wooden, the wooden handles over the, over the copper that there we go. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I, I know how to ground myself better now. I didn't that, like when the first time when I started using them, I was not good at grounding. Like also with, with the energy healing, I'll tell you something that happened with that of not grounding and then we should take a break. So when I first started doing my energy work, which comes to me, I think directly from the EPK or the electrical stuff. Um, when I first started doing that, I was like experimenting on my cats, like just trying to make them feel better. And, you know, I mean, they weren't sick, but like seeing what their reactions were to when I was doing it. And then this neighbor of mine came over and um, this was like a, it was almost two in the morning and, and she, we both stayed up late. So she texted me, are you awake? And I was like, yeah. And she comes in and she said, I heard you do, um, and you're learning some energy healing or you're practicing it. And I said, yes. And she said, my back is so fucked up. Will you, will you help me? And I said, sure. And she laid down on the couch. I didn't even have a table yet or anything. And so I was working on her and I started pulling this like big, giant, like load of, like, it felt like a log of crazy energy. And I was seeing purple in my head, which I know is a great color for healing, but I, I couldn't, fit. I was backing up. I was like probably about six to eight feet away from her. And I was like, what the fuck do I do with this? Like, what, what do I do? do? And so, so it's a, it's a nice warm summer night. My screen door was open and I didn't know about A, getting grounded or B, like how to dispose of energy. So in my head, I'm like, I'll just toss it towards the front door. <laughs> 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 I, I tossed it towards the front door, which is in my kitchen. And all of a sudden, all the lights in my kitchen, I've got these big shop lights overhead. They started blinking on and off going. Eh. Oh, my gosh. Like, like nonstop. And 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 she she sits up off the couch, ruining any kind of energy work I could have done on her. And she goes, what the fuck? And I said, I don't know. And I ran down the steps to the kitchen. And I was looking at it. And my heart was beating so fast because I used to get really, like, freaked out and nervous and almost feel nauseous when I started exploding things. But so I just yeah. walked under one of the lights and I just put my arms up like a wizard in a trashy movie. And I said, <laughs> stop it. And it fucking, 
it stopped. And and then and then I heard her voice behind me. She just was like that because I I like you know quote quote controlled it. And then I saw about a foot and a half of solid white smoke filling the whole entire ceiling and it had this shit in it that looked like either Nike check marks or like weird, I mean, Nike swooshes or like weird check marks. And so I saw, I still get goosebumps when I think of this, cause I don't know what, the, what it was. And so, um, and then she was behind me still. And I was like, Hey, are you, um, are you seeing this? And she goes, Oh, you mean all the fucking white smoke on the ceiling? Yeah, I'm seeing it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. How'd you get did the smoke just go away on its own? It started dissipating, but um I called my friend Crystal, who I'd done a lot of paranormal um you know investigations with, and she's like, oh. Well, before you started working with it, did you get grounded? And I was like, What do you mean? And and I mean this was ages ago. and she goes, Oh, you mean I didn't tell you about grounding? And I was like <laughs> <laughs> So I went outside um, and I've got this tree that's now like probably somewhere between 112 and 115 years old. This was like, you know, the tree was way younger. <laughs> but um, so I just stood under her and was hugging her and I, I got grounded and then the stuff just started dissipating. But I will never forget that or the fact that it cooperated when I told it to stop. That was, yeah, that was psychotic. Anyway, did her back, did her back feel any better? Yes. You know, and I worked on it too. And her, her apartment was also haunted. I mean, so much of Hollywood is like, well, everywhere is haunted, but Hollywood is crazy haunted. Um, let's, let's, let's take a little break and, and we will, um, we'll be right back. And this time Sterling can talk more. (laughs) No way, man. I, I love your stories. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And here we are again, Sterling Moon and me talking about 
crazy paranormal things. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you this, and I don't know if you would if you would even think of doing this, but um, I've always wanted to talk to my great grandmother. Rose, who I never got a chance to meet because I've always felt super connected to her. Even before there was um, computers, I was seeing 1111 and saving stuff like receipts or bus transfers and had it on it because I saw it so much. And then I found out she was born on November 11th. And I feel her around me a lot, but I never met her. And I've only seen one photo of her, but I see her that looks like that photo in dreams, but she doesn't talk to me. It looks like I'm watching a movie. So do you think you'd want to try that? We can give it a try. I'm yeah. I, so most of the time what I say so for folks who are listening, my, my practice tends to be pretty, you know, private and also like kind of working with clients. Like, but at the same time, this is, I love pleasant. So I love you. I'd love to, if, if there's a way that we can make a connection, I think that would be really, really fun. So we will learn from the story that you just told and we will do some proper grounding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's go ahead. And I mean, is it okay if we just kind of go through the whole, like the whole steps, like all the the steps? Yeah, just say it out loud so the audience can hear. Okay. All right. So let me get my feet flat on the, if if you're able to sit, um, you know, kind of a fun thing that might be like entertaining for anybody who's listening, you know, in my opinion, time is an illusion. And so whenever you're picking up, you're picking up on this, you're kind of a part of this as well. And so um, go ahead and everyone just put your, put your feet flat on the floor floor and close your eyes and take a few breaths, take three breaths. And as you do, just try to envision that all excess energy that your body, spirit, and mind do not need drifts out into the universe far away from you. Then just notice, much like we talked about earlier, just kind of notice where you're at right now. So for Pleasant, go ahead and just take in We'll all just kind of take in the the light quality of light and air. Any smells or tastes? I feel really hot right now. I also feel really, really hot. And I'm in my basement and it feels very cold. So that is, or it's usually very cold. So that is interesting. Um, go ahead and just notice any thoughts that are kind of come popping up, any emotions. And then, you know, pleasant for you, you've got a pretty solid grounding practice and you know what works best with your gifts. So I'd encourage you to just kind of, you know, ground if that's you centering your energy into the earth or up above, go ahead and do that for myself to kind of explain what I'm doing. I'm envisioning that I have energetic roots growing from the soles of my feet, anchoring me deep into the earth. And I am just trusting that I am anchored, supported, protected, and assisted from below. And then I'm also going to send a tether from the top of my head all the way up to the heavens. Trusting that I am anchored, supported, protected, and assisted from up above. 
been so pleasant. Even though you and I are not sitting together in a room, we're still sitting together in spirit. So I want you to just see that the two of us are surrounded by a beautiful circle of light. Yeah, I can feel it too. Me too. It's like that. It's again, it just, it's so beautiful the way that we can set these space spaces that just eliminate the physical distance because it doesn't matter when we're talking about spherical, spiritual matters. And just make sure that that's, this space is big enough for, you know, a few more folks. So Pleasant, I'm going to ask you that you say your full name out loud, please. Pleasant Ann Gaiman. Call to Pleasant Ann Gaiman's highest spiritual guides, Pleasant's highest self. Please support us in reaching Pleasant's great-grandmother Rose today. And only the spirits that are for Pleasant's and my highest and best good are welcome. And we thank you for your support. I, Sterling Moon, call forward my highest spiritual guides and my highest self. And I call up the part of me best suited to do this reading today. Please help me to be a clear and accurate facilitator and translator. Help me to be accurate. And I thank you. All right. So let's go ahead and if pleasant, if you wouldn't mind saying grandma's great grandmother's name, full name out loud and repeating her date of birth. If you remember the um, year in addition to the month and, and day, and if I'm you not, remember them sure for if, day to day, I'm not sure for year. Um, don't worry about it. The eleven eleven seems to be what's important. Yes, that's that that that's her that's her birthday, November eleventh. Um, Rose Slotnikova, Grandma Rose Slotnikova, 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 S L O T N I K O V A, Rose. Nicola. All right. So is she on dad's side? No, she's she's on on my mother's side. She that's the Ukrainian side. The Pennsylvania Dutch side was kind of witchy too. <laughs> the gaming side. Okay, so I'm gonna be not using my my dowsing rods because they keep wanting to slap into my podcast. <laughs> so we'll spare all your <laughs> listeners their their ears. So okay, I'm just gonna kind of keep my eyes closed for your listeners. So great grandma Rose Nakova. My name is Sterling, and I'm sitting here with your great-granddaughter. She's just asking me if we can have... Okay, so I hear... All right, it's no surprise that before for your listeners, we kind of chatted about this a teeny tiny bit before we started, and I was getting these pangs of, the, of someone who... A woman who enjoyed the stage... Um, and so, and it, it definitely, I kind of, because I'm friends with Pleasant, I knew that her, her was her mom that, uh, and so not surprisingly, and mom is, mom's kind of having good boundaries here, but I hear laughter. Like I hear laughter of a woman who, now in the picture that you've seen of her, did she also have the dark hair? Cause you and your mother are like split, spitting images of one another. Does that, does, does that look kind of go back all the way to grandma, great grandma Rose? Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. My, my grandma Pauline laughed a lot too. Like she was, she was really loud and fun and she'd do inappropriate things like um, flirt with the young, like 20 year old milkman when she was like in her seventies. <laughs> oh, bless her. Okay. Cause all I kind of feel is like, I do 
like it's almost like it is kind of like a line of women. And so like mom, I can kind of see what looks like I see a, like what looks more like a still picture of your mother. And then but then there's one woman who's in motion and she's kind of like standing back and I see dark curly hair. It's short. She looks quite a bit like you, but the biggest thing that is, um, and I'm kind of seeing her almost like she's in a photograph, like it's like a black, like sepia type photograph, but she's laughing. I see her young and vibrant and laughing. So Rose, if that is you, are you able to maybe come, come a little bit closer and join us in this space? So it's interesting because I think that she gets, she's not really sharing a lot of words and, and, you know, would she have been, uh, she would have lived and died in, in Ukraine. So we would not, we would have had a language barrier between us. Um, that, that, I don't know how much English she spoke, but she didn't die. I don't think she died over there. I think she was, came here. They all came over. They came over okay. in 1901 and then they went back, but then they came over again, which is no one knows okay. why. And no, oh, Rose, why did you, so you, you went back. And then you came, you went back and then you came home. Is there anything that you want to share? I don't know what the timeline would have been, but she just mouthed the word that looks like war. And so I don't know if that would have been, you know, there would have just been like unrest or the potential of war, that that would have been a reason that they would have come back after, after leaving, like something about like family, family ties, going home, coming back. And maybe there there was trying to escape like different different levels of unrest. But pleasant, what are, what are some of one of the things that can sometimes be helpful for your listeners? I'm kind of doing my weird ass shit where I've got my eyes closed. Pardon my language, Grandma Rose. Um, so pleasant, if you want to go ahead and even just ask some questions, sometimes that can help me to kind of start getting more into that translator and facilitator seat. Um. I, well, also, I heard that Grandma Rose read tea leaves, so I don't know how connected to spiritual things you, you were, Grandma, but um, can you tell Sterling and I, like, maybe why the family, like, came over and then went back and then returned to America? So she was a big smile and nodding when you started saying the tea leaves. Like that was, I think, something that she was proud of, something that maybe, and I get the sense that maybe too, it was almost felt a little like naughty. Like it was maybe something that like a little um, hush hush, maybe something that was a tiny bit taboo, but something that was, she knew it was her gift and something where she could kind of like, um, I don't want to use the word show off, but it was kind of like, or like, or say that it was a party trick or anything, but it was something that she knew that made her special. Um, that's just something that I got from, again, no, there's no words coming through, but like big smile, grins, very expressive face. So Rose, why, let's see, why did you come over? I see... So I'm getting this like image of, it's funny because it's almost like she's, and you, you mentioned that it's almost like when you see her, it's like you're, it's playing, or you see her in your dreams that it's play, like playing in a movie. Because I feel like I'm watching like an old movie. I can see this, this odd building, like this really big, 
this is where it starts to get kind of weird where you like see it's like this weird building that's like in a circle like it it's a it's not like a silo it's um Okay, Rose, I I don't I see what you're trying to explain, but we're doing like a we're doing a, a listener based show, so it might not be something that is easy for me to translate. Can you sh- explain to me what the building meant to you? I just keep getting the sense that there was like things were not going well, like in the country that they were in. Like there was maybe the like there was a threat. There was like a threat of something that was coming in. Um, and, you know, and again, maybe we're all a little more sensitive to this because of what's going on in her home com- country. Maybe that's also one of the reasons that she's trying to reach out to you. You know, sometimes those what lives in our DNA is loud often. Um, I can I can I she just keeps showing you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, please, no, please tell me. Do you know anything about this? Like, I just yes, I know, I know why they came the first time, why they came over. Okay, because it was they were Jewish, um, all of them, and it was pogroms. You know, where they like were burning barns and like just destroying things. But I don't know why they went back. No one in my family. And thank you, because what it looked like was a big metal, like gigantic gate, like a like a fortress. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, that fear of maybe what was behind those big gates maybe was one of the, one of the things. Okay. So Rose, you're showing me that that's the reason why did she go home? I I see. And this is like instantaneous. I see a very old woman. Like, I think that they might've gone back. And I mean, this does, again, there's kind of a little bit of that, you know, kind of a, well, duh, this would make sense. But I, I think I get a sense that maybe they went back for relatives that were either too stubborn to come with or were too poor to come with the first time, Um, especially maybe there might have been something in that matrilineal line um, needing to go home to take care of family. That is one of the things that I feel. And also it just might have been homesickness that, you know, because sometimes we yearn for the places that we we come from and I heard her say we wanted to see if things had gotten better we wanted to see if things had gotten better so what Rose why did you all then come (laughs) she just started laughing she's like because they didn't they didn't get better (laughs) um like yeah we we you know that it just wasn't It's like I can feel like what she's saying, but it's not like the it's I she's speaking a different language, but I can get the gist of the words. It's like wait, sometimes you go home and it doesn't feel like home anymore is the feeling that I get. And that that might have been the reason that they they came back, went home for family, very practical reasons. Maybe we're we're homesick and we're hoping that they stay. And it, it just felt like it was like a like a shoe maybe that you had grown out of. Um there just wasn't anything there for us anymore. Right. And she's making a joke. She's showing me her holding a cup of tea and said it was all right here. It was all right in the. She's making <laughs> a joke. She's got, she's got a little bit of a showiness to her to her as well. Um, yeah, all the all the women um, from that side of the family were like lipstick wearing, loud, fun. One of them was a. Pants, like she wore- 
this is like a weird thing, but she like, she wore pants. Like, and that was a big deal. Like, I, I don't know if the picture you have of her, maybe like she's wearing pants, like high-waisted pants. Um, I don't know. For some reason, she just keeps showing me like she's show- wearing this like cute little checked shirt, but she's wearing pants. And that feels like a very purposeful vision that I'm seeing that, because again, like, I mean, my mom always has stories of like, um, my mom and, and my mother-in-law had stories of like, you know, how rebellious it was to be able to wear jeans and what a big, what a big deal it was when you finally got to be able to wear jeans in school. And so um, being able to wear, yeah, wearing pants was a pretty rebellious thing for women of that day. Yeah. I don't, so Rose's- I don't know if they, if, if, you know, cause this was so long ago, it could have been like pants for farming or something. Yeah. Well, Pleasant, is there anything else that you want to talk to, to, you want to ask Rose before we let her go? No, I'm just going to say, I love you, Grandma Rose, and I feel like you're always with me. Um, But we can, we can return to the mundane world. Do you feel any any sensations around your body right now? I did. I I was getting all sorts of sensations during the, um, during like from when you started us grounding, I felt kind of little dizzy there for for a while after I was hot. But um, I just keep getting this like vision of her, like she's hugging you, like she just is. I get this overwhelming feeling that she's just so proud of of you and the particularly there's um like I just keep getting these like little pops, like these little quick flashes that she particularly is proud of you for like your international travel, particularly your particularly your travels to Egypt. Like I feel like maybe that would have been something that was so like magical to her. And that, you know, especially if you sometimes feel her when you go, when you travel, you travel internationally, or if you ever had some of those 11-11 moments when you were traveling, particularly in Egypt, I feel like that was maybe something that she would have like, just, she would have just like eaten up with a spoon. (laughs) I I say that too. I love that. It's such an archaic phrase. Yeah. All right. Well, Rose, is there anything else you want? She just says, this is fun. She likes having kind of her little moment in the, on, the, on the stage. Okay. Well, Rose, thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you. And I thank you. Yep, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to ask that you go back to where you were before we called you, which probably was not that far from Pleasant. <laughs> we'll just ask that you step back. And then pleasant for us, we're just going to release our grounding. Let's just go ahead and just retune back into that circle of light we created on at the beginning. Go ahead and take an inhale. And on the exhale, just see it gently fall away. I thank pleasant. I thank your guides, your highest self. I thank my highest spiritual guides, my highest self. I We, we thank you and you might go back to where you were before we call you, called you. I released the part of me I called up to do this reading today. And then take another inhale, pleasant. And on your exhale, just release whatever grounding you put into place, if you'd like. Yeah, I feel like I'm floating now. Like untethered. Yeah, that's, that is kind of, I mean, this is a little quicker than we would normally do. And it's kind of like, you know, also being conscious that there's other people who are sharing this moment. So for anyone listening, you also can take some breaths and uh, release anything that you, you know, went along with us, um, you know, anything you did to go on this this journey. but. Yeah, and then have a snack when we're done and and some water and that usually will kind of bring everything back to the 3D. <laughs> I'm drinking water now too. We'll take a little break and come back for the final segment with 
Sterling and me and maybe anyone from the spirit world who is still around. Can you hear me say? Okay, we are back. We are back. We're grounded. We're loud. We're in our semi-mundane lives, which are really batshit lives to anybody else. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys all in the audience for doing that with me. I would love to, um, when this podcast is out, if any of you felt anything, I'd love it if you would send me a message on Instagram or something and, and let me know. Um, how modern is that? <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So Sterling, I'm just going to remind everybody before we go into a few more questions. If you're interested in any kind of of learning, any kind of mediumship, or um, you can get her book, Talking to Spirits, um, and all that information will be in the in the podcast episode. Um, but now. When when you're um, what's like? What do you think is like? Have you used Ouija boards a lot, or or do you just do mediumship, or what are some other ways you've done spirit communication? So I'm I don't use Ouija boards only because I'm lazy and they're slow, and so just because it can be like for me they're like it can take a long time for them to warm it up enough that I start getting like the the messages coming through. I really love, aside from dowsing, dowsing rods, I really love having a K2. Um, yeah, yeah, those you are know, Especially if I'm in, oh gosh, I just love, and I love using K2s for, you know, because the thing that I, people will sometimes be like, well, K2 will let you know if a ghost is there. I'm like, well, it lets you know when something changes and that change might be that a ghost comes in, but, but I love like using Sorry, I'm gonna t- tell the audience uh, it, a K2 meter um, is is a it's a ghost hunting tool, and it it can tell changes and drops or increases in temperature and it, or in the electromagnetic field. They're so cool, and they're fun to use with like tarot readings or like pra- when practicing magic. Like they'll let you know when your environment changes. Yeah. So I love like the, and the different versions. Like I, I have like a REM pod that I love. And oh, I, I love, I love it. Okay, REM pods for the audience. They they light up like a disco floor on Saturday night <laughs> when different spirits are there. Yeah. And they have, and they just, I don't know, their noises are really cute. Like when they start, like when, when you have something that's interacting with you and it just sounds kind of like R2D2, it's just this cute yeah. little, yeah, it's yeah, adorable. Yeah. And so I like, I also really love, I love using some of the experiments that really come from like the paranormal, paranormal people. Like I love having, if you're in a room that doesn't have a lot of draft, I like having cat balls or balloons you know, it's asking a spirit, if you're here, can you go and nudge that balloon or move that little ball around? That's really cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, but, and scrying, I love scrying mirrors so, yeah. so much. Scrying, the Ouija boards, I know that Ouija, Ouija boards are here. what scrying is first, but um, scrying, oh, yeah. you, you can say it, you say it. 
So you can scribe with any kind of reflective surface. So you could even use like an empty picture frame. I am partial. You can also um, scrying in bowls of water where you're kind of letting your the reflective surface is kind of a way to like open up channels in your mind. You don't necessarily see images in the reflective surface, although sometimes we do. I am also partial to mirrors that are, have been painted or treated so they are black. Black yeah. sky and scrying mirrors are kind of a thing. That's um, not just the Netflix there. thing, you guys. <laughs> no, that that show yeah, has to do with scrying, but... <laughs> Yeah. So, but I, I know you, Ouija boards are your jam. You have really good, you've had great experiences with those. I have had really good, good experiences. They go, I mean, they come really fast for me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you two brief ones that, that were really funny. I'll tell you in the audience. Okay. So the, um, the first one was on, on my deceased father's birthday, I was doing the Ouija board, um, trying to communicate with him. And, um, you know, it started, and the, the girl that I was doing it with didn't know anything about my father, didn't know what his name was or anything. Um, and so he started spelling his name out and she's calling out the letters and it got, you know, it got to the first like three letters. And I was like, I know it's him. And she's like, well, let's see what else he spells. And then he spelled our last name. And so then I said, hi, Papa. And she's like, no, 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 no. You can't talk to you can't talk to a spirit because it could be, you know, a spirit trying to impersonate your father. So let's ask him a question. And I said, I know it's my dad. I can feel him. So, um, so she said, what question do you want to ask? And I said, how many times have you been married? And the, the planchette screeched over quickly to six. And my friend goes, oh, come on. And I was like, Hi, Papa. And then my friend looked at me and said, Really? And I was like, Yes, really. And that was legal. There was one after that was common. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, that that's was, a good one. Oh, that's so funny. That was totally him. And then the other the other one was um the other one was um, I'm gonna explain who this is to the audience and maybe to you. I'm not sure if you guys would know this. So there was this um, singer from West Virginia named Hazel Adkins. And a lot of the Cramps songs are, you know, of the band, the Cramps, like either came from Hazel Adkins songs or were influenced by Hazel Adkins songs. I mean, this is like crazy stuff. He'd write these really catchy melodies, but he was kind of psychotic and pretty out there, especially for like West Virginia. And, He'd be talking about keeping like severed heads and refrigerators and shit like that. No, seriously, but but this is like if, if you listen to the cramp song TV set, that's like pretty much a Hazel Adkins song, only it wasn't called that. Anyhow, my neighbor comes over to me. My neighbor who loves all sorts of vintage music and rockabilly and stuff came over to me one night and said, Hey, Pleasant, it's Hazel Adkins' birthday. Do you think we can try to get him on the Ouija board? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's get Hazel Adkins on the Ouija board. So it was me and my neighbor and one other person. And the 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 planchette started moving immediately, but it kept going. It kept going back between H, which was cool because that was his first initial, and A, which was his you know, his last name, but then it kept going A-H-A-X, A-H-A-X. And we we're like, what the fuck is this? And someone, the other person that was doing with the board with us took a little break and said, well, the only thing I can find about what that is, because because I have to tell the um, the audience, sometimes 
that like if you get like a, a you know like a disincarnate spirit or a demon or something they'll do like repeating numbers or letters you know yeah. so we were trying to make sure that it wasn't something like that but but so my friend found out that that those letters that they were saying h-a-x-h-a-x was some kind of russian slang in in Cyrillic for for gaming it had nothing to do so like we just i said okay that's probably safe i don't think it's like a demon if, if they're at least yeah. something about it but we kept we kept trying to communicate with him and the the planchette would spin around but it never stopped anywhere so we so we stopped the session and took a little break and had something to eat and we started again and then it started doing the same thing and then all of a sudden my neighbor was the one that said um Okay, I just thought of something. Um, Hazel Adkins was illiterate, and I was like, "There's no wonder you can't use a Ouija board." <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, poor buddy. He's like, "I'm trying. I'm trying." Oh my gosh, that is a hoot! I know. And good for you, Hazel Adkins. Sorry that that didn't yeah. That didn't work out, but he was trying. Oh, he was funny. totally trying. I mean, at least he got his initials, you know. Hey, that's good. I wonder what the X was supposed to be for. Maybe it was a kiss. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's right. Or that's maybe, true. maybe, maybe that's what he signed his name with if he was illiterate. Seriously, I, ju I only just thought of that. Oh. Oh, that's something to think about. See, that's so cool. Like, I... I think for me, one of the things that trips me up with Ouija boards is I'm always thinking about like, I want, you know, it's got to, I got to wait for like the fully spelled word, but just being able to go with like a letter here and there and, and kind of letting your, your psychic senses fill in the blanks or just picking up those context cues. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. That's just how I always, how I always did it. Like, like I knew, yeah. that, I knew that was my father immediately. I mean, I felt him, but also when he, when he just started writing, I mean, it was obvious, like, you know, if it, but I would have been suspicious or not suspicious, but cautious if I was doing a session with someone else and they immediately thought it. Oh, totally. Totally. Oof, those are good stories. <laughs> so, um, do, do you, do you have any wild stories like that or somewhere like that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> not man. as psychotic as that. <laughs> You know, it's funny because like, of course it's, I have stories for days and then the, the minute that I'm asked, I should have these in my back pocket, but, um, you know, one of my favorites, I've, I've told this, like, this one a couple of times, um, because it's recent and it's cute. There's a family that I've been helping. They had a, they had like a couple of really tragic losses and including a young man in their family. And so, you know, one of the things I've been doing is just being a support for, you know, so everybody who's kind of grieving and being, and also too, for the kids like that are on the other side, it was a really tragic um, car accident and um, getting to be able to be present for the the, the two young men that, that passed in that accident and also for their family who are still living. It's been really, really special. And because I knew them quite well. And there was one, um, there was one incident incident a session I was doing with the family a few months ago and at the end you know we've been going for quite some time and then one of the questions that came up was is there any are there any messages for some of this this one kid's um really close friends 
And the first person that we were talking about, all I kept seeing was I had mentioned earlier, like sometimes you get an image of a football field. I kept getting just this real, this image of like a high school football field. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I'm like, maybe I'm just getting tired. Like this doesn't make any sense. And I kept, and I was like, can you tell me what this is supposed to mean? And it was like, nope, just the same image, like kind of the crappy bleachers. Anyway, so I, I explained, this is what I'm seeing this is what you're supposed to tell this kid. I, I wish that it were more clear. Come to find out a few days later that this, this particular friend and the young man that had passed, they had, I mean, they were really good kids, but they had broken Did they get high another. on the football field? Huh? They get high yes, on the football field? No way! Totally, that, that, they as totally as got high that, on the football field. That came into my head. <laughs> Yep, they got high on a football field and mom had never known known that. And so this poor kid who's still living had to be the one to like spill the beans. And it was just, this, it was funny. Like it was, everybody was just like dying laughing and um, dying laughing. Sorry, that was like a really <laughs> insensitive thing to say. But um, so yeah, that was like, that's like one of my favorite moments lately of, you know, one, I appreciate that the kids always, you know, I always feel like I get the go ahead to, to share that story because it's funny. And, and, you know, there's like also the other things that will happen. Like sometimes you'll be like having these moments with these spirits where you're talking and like, you know, I've had my ass pinched, like, you know, somebody who's trying to be funny and it's like, stop that. That is inappropriate. Like boundaries. Like, I don't care that you are, you know, boundaries, but there's always, there's just, I think one of the things that people don't know unless you're in this world is how funny spirits are. Oh my Just God. It doesn't mean that our senses of humor go away and sometimes they get even more pronounced. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah those are some weird, quirks. weird quirks come out too. Yes, totally. I had a, I had a ghost once in a paranormal investigation that, um, in a, in a, a, movie theater an old theater that had been a theater theater and then a movie theater and um mm -hmm. it would guard this this um giant picture of like you know the, the gone with the wind poster because he was obsessed with vivian lee and he wouldn't he'd get really angry when people got too close to it if they were in line in the lobby and stuff yeah oh <laughs> my precious don't get too close to my precious <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's Take your cute. fingerprints on the glass. <laughs> that's cute. I know spirits are spirits. Uh, for anyone that's listening, they're they're very much like how they were in real life, or in yes. in in the mundane world, as we say, not real life, because their life is real life too. It's even more real than ours, and they can see everything that we do. Don't you think that? It's kind of like that we do, I feel like we have the opportunity to, to improve and to keep developing and all of that, but it is, we don't, what I have experienced is that it doesn't seem like folks automatically change, you know, that it's just, and there is like a, and I think this is one of the things where it does get kind of poignant and hard is because we are so much bigger, we're like, we're so much more than the idea, the identities that we wear in this world. Like, you know, you are more than just the pleasant game and you know suit that you're wearing here i'm more than just the sterling moon and i think that's one of the things that's really hard for families and loved ones that are still here is that at a certain point their loved ones will get a little bit farther away and they're like they they come become bigger and but they don't often like they're not as like bound to their identity like they'll wear it to come back to communicate with us but 
Um, but yeah, it's, we do eventually kind of shed our, shed our skins to, to kind of get back to who we really are at our sort. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting now, now I'm starting to get all like, you know, philosophical and heavy. <laughs> so the things I, I think about like when I'm on my own, I'm going to ask you one more thing. Cause I think a lot of people would, would want to know this. Um, uh, like I, you know how you and I were talking about, um, being how so many people we know are sleepy right now um mm-hmm. or retired and you guys this is this was recorded um just about a week after summer solstice so uh, like for that timeline we're not you know by the time you hear this we're probably going to be wide awake knock on wood um, <laughs> but also so many so many clients I've talked to and just people I've seen online have had pets die do you do um communication with with pets I do. So I, I will speak with living, living animals and, um, you know, animals who've crossed over. It's, I love, I love animal communication. So I, I mean, I feel like that's like one of the most natural skills that I've had that I've done for as long as I can remember, but I did take a, I mean, it was just an introductory course, but it was life-changing. It was a guy, um, with a guy named Michael Lane. He lived in California for a long time. He's now in New Mexico. He goes by animal Michael Lane on Instagram. Oh yeah. I and, know. Uh, oh gosh, he is just incredible. And I took his introductory class in August of 2020 and it just, I, I, I practiced just with friends and family for years and then started offering as, as it as a service last October. and it's so fun. I can do it remotely. I, can, I I do have one day a week that I can see animals in person at my private office. And, and sometimes I am asked to speak with animals who crossed over, like particularly when there's, it's been a hard, like a hard passing. And sometimes folks just need that assurance that, yeah. um, that they made it, made it through. Okay. So yeah, animals are angels, absolute angels. I love animals. I, I do a lot of energy work on animals. Yeah. 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 So yes, if you guys if you guys need um Sterling to talk to to your pets, you, you can get in touch with her. Yeah. Or or you could learn how to do it from Animal Michael Lane. Oh yeah, that's honestly do do that because I you know I'm also a my I'm always a big fan of learn to do these things yourself. Your your life gets so much more. So much more interesting. Learn, learn about all the things. Learn how to do the stuff yourself. Yeah, I know. I, I'm like that too. And, but, um, you know, like some people either don't have the time or or it's kind of scary. Yeah. Sometimes the woo-woo, the woo-woo. Anyway. I'm worried about what we open up. If we open up, what what kind of can of worms is going to come with it? So. Oh my God, I know. Are you, are you two going to have like a, two feet of like white smoke on your ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. I think probably we probably scared some people off there. I'm like, nope, I don't need that. I do not need that. And life is complicated enough. Don't need that in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as you all can tell, um, Sterling loves it. It's it's been so awesome to talk to you. I this could go on for like a lot longer. I'm trying to cut the, cut this short for um for the audience's sake and also because I know you have kids. 
There, there is that. I only have the one. He better be asleep though. Holy smokes. That is, although my little Aries, he doesn't like to sleep. Anyway, that was Sterling Moon. She's so fabulous. Uh, you guys can find her on all of her socials and, and everything else, like in the episode description. And, um, I will see you or no, I will, I will not even hear you, but you'll hear me on the next podcast and bye Sterling. Thank you. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.